Welcome to the junk drawer. Joseph Gordon-Levitt sees the tweet <laughs> and replies, watch it again, it's mostly Tom's fault. How's the body? Great body. <laughs> no, the dead body. The dead <laughs> body. I'll give you 20 minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, all that you need to do is shoot guns and have sex? Uh, I'd give it an 80%. Oh my That's God. Fine. Here's why. You know the differences between y'all and me? I make this look good. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. All right, well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Junk Drawer. My name is Bryce. I'm here with my friends, pals, podcasters, Cole. Hey there. You can call me Hondo tonight. <laughs> and Mario. You, you can call me Han Solo tonight. No, I don't think we will. Oh. So uh, anyway, let's just get into it because I'm very excited. Cole said he is itching to talk about this one. So You this... should really get that rash checked, man. And that is a place where we are not going to inspect for you, okay? Well, I got the itch. <laughs> this week, our movie brings us an imprisoned drug kingpin offers a huge cash reward to anyone that can break him out of police custody. And only the LAPD's special weapons and tactics team can prevent it. That's right, we are talking about the SWAT movie remake of the old television show series <laughs> from 2003. We've got an all-star lineup of junk drawer faces here. Oh, we got yes. Colin Farrell, we have Michelle Rodriguez, Oof. we have Samuel L. Jackson, yes. and of course, LL Cool J. I don't think this Colin is Farrell potentially the most excited I've ever been for, really? a, for a, a junk drawer movie that we're reviewing. Did I, you bring a knife? I think Part of it, I did, because of how excited I am I'm, to steer into the special. I, what a weird thing to bring! I'm so concerned. I just carry it on me all the time. Oh, okay. Oh. You never know when you need a pocket knife. That's a little PSA for people who need to open things from time to time. It's <laughs> fair. Um, but yeah, I, walk I think around even can from open. Bryce's uh, comment of just this, what it is, uh, it's even more incredible because there's a current TV series labeled SWAT that exists oh, right yeah. now. So it's also go... a spinoff of the <laughs> show. So when you go to Google SWAT, there are a lot of other options. There was also, we learned as we were Googling this, a straight-to-DVD really? sequel to this movie featuring none of the original cast. I think the show is the number one show on CBS on Tuesday nights on CBS. Okay. You know how they do that? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't... Mm. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, let's jump right in. Ratings... On a scale from 0 to 100, and so just for our audience, we try to use the Metacritic score because I personally like it the best, and so the idea is that a 50 in Metacritic would be a perfectly average movie. Anything below 50 is a bad movie, 49 and below. Anything above 50, 51 and up, is a good movie with a 100 mm. being a theoretically perfect movie. So that's the scale we try and use. Uh, what did you guys think? Yeah. Initial impressions of SWAT. Can I take this one, Cole? Wait, we're all going to answer it. Okay. Well. But yeah, you can take this one. Just because Bryce said a 51 or higher is a good movie, I disagree. I think a 51 is still above average. I wouldn't say it's good. Yes. And I say that because okay. I give this movie a 51. Okay, so you think it's just barely above it, a mediocre it movie. Literally, I think it's just above mediocre because it's enjoyable to watch. Um, I think it starts really strong and grips you, and then by the end it's like, oh my gosh, this is boring. The plot is not good. To me, it wasn't... They do land an airplane on a bridge in the last yeah. half hour. To, to me, <laughs> so I don't know if um, it gets boring. It wasn't memorable. Like, it doesn't make me want to come back and rewatch it. Um, and the whole time I'm thinking, oh, this is probably... This is supposed to be Colin Farrell's breakout role. But at the same time, they didn't give him enough to do, I feel like. 
So there's a lot of people, like as we said, the all-star cast, and there's yeah. a lot of people buying for yeah. time. So 51 for me. That also happens to Michelle Rodriguez throughout this movie. She's heavy first, and then like, oh, she's she's horrible. She gets like written out. Don't you dare! Don't, don't, she's don't, a horrible you don't actress. Besmirch. She is not an, Woo, she's Mario. an action star. She can't act to save her life. That's the closest you've come to being slapped by me. You <laughs> don't talk about Michelle. You like think that. she's a good actress? I think Michelle is the typecast of my heart. I have a daughter. Don't talk to me. I'll cut you. Anyway, Cole, I'm what did tough. you give it? So this is probably as convoluted of a rating as I've ever given a movie also. Uh, so here's what I'm going to say. I started it and I was rating it as I was watching it. And I originally had it at a 90. A 90? A Dude, 90. you leave. Listen. Get, up, get him out of here. <laughs> then there is, and we'll get into it when we talk about it. There's a major shift that happens basically halfway through the movie where it really takes a turn for the worst. <laughs> Um, and while I still, like, it's still a movie that I enjoy, all of a sudden it drops into, like, laughable territory. Yes, okay. And so I would then average, I gave the, the second half of the movie a 50, so I'd average it at a 70%. So, 90 first half, 50 second half, and so I'd, I think if I was rating it to somebody and saying, hey, this movie is this, I'd say it's a 70%. Still high. But, man, it starts out strong. Yeah, and this is a movie, and Mario always says this, like... <clears throat> Are you able to separate your enjoyment of the movie from this being a good movie? I walked away from that, actually, after Gold Number. But I think yeah. this is the first one I can legitimately say that, like, no. I cannot <laughs> separate my enjoyment of this You're movie. You're too close to the source I'm material. I'm too close to it, yeah. I, I have such memories of, like, events when I watched this movie also being <laughs> enjoyable. Can you can you give us some of those, Devil? So, like, weird, weird side story. It was, like, my 16th birthday. I don't know if this makes you sound bougie or not. It wasn't was my 16th birthday. It was a different birthday. Quintanero? <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, for my birthday, like, instead of getting, like, present, my dad, like, rented us a hotel room. Uh, <laughs> you watched SWAT! On the beach. It was a great birthday. It was actually great because it had a pool that we used to always sneak into and get, like, so much trouble for sneaking into. So, dad was like, we'll just rent the hotel room so you can't get in trouble <laughs> for sneaking in. Beach day. So great. We come in for pizza. It's probably, like, 6 p.m., and SWAT is on. And it's like one of those situations where like everybody's kind of finished up pizza, but like I still want to finish SWAT. You're so I like Hey, we're all gonna head back outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, we're, I'll be out in a second. Like, let me do the sunscreen for a while first. Sun is fading on this like glorious day, and I'm like, I'm gonna stay in here and watch Colin Farrell. Cole, were you at this birthday? <laughs> Probably. Probably. I was not, so Sorry. you suck. Yeah. You were just you a suck, glim man. you were just a glimmer in your mother's eye, you young. No, I was alive. I don't know. You're so, pretty young. All of that to say, I know this is too high. I have it at 74. I love this movie more than I should because I know it's not good, but I have seen this movie so many times. Every time it comes back on Netflix, I'm like watching it again, watching it again, oh. watching it again. And again, I would argue that the first hour and 10 minutes are like almost flawless. And, and yeah. I mean that like on a critical level. Like the intro from going from radio chatter straight into some quote unquote live looking feeds from like police helicopters and news cameras straight into AK-47s yeah, blasting the, the street. Like it's exactly how this movie needed to start. Yes. I will say my only thought in the very beginning though is how long does it take to take somebody out? Because there's a point where they're just firing in every direction, both police officers and the bad guys and no one's being hit. Well, they get the bad guys outside, but it's getting the bad guys but, inside. This no, thing. no, getting yes. the bad guys outside still takes a while. Like, I, I part of me is like, you know, did everybody here go to the stormtrooper school of marksmanship? 
Because um, at one point, literally, a guy is just standing, shooting a machine gun out at the cops, and then cops are just standing, shooting their guns back at him, and no one's hit. To me, it was just, uh, it's funny, whenever it comes on Netflix, Bryce, I'm the opposite. I, I've perused over the titles a billion times, and I always come through across this one. Yeah. And I can never get myself to watch it, because I read the description, I go, eh, sounds like a CBS show. <laughs> well, now it is. So when you picked it, I was a little pissed. So, anyway, the Metacritic rating is... The Metacritic rating is a 45. Close to the pin, baby. I was yes. due. So, you were due. I was due. Um, and here's what the general consensus says. This is actually a consensus from Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's a good summary. It says that it is a competent but routine police thriller. So what do you guys think? Are we sure about our ratings? I think mine was a little high. Well, six points higher than what they yeah. have. <laughs> now, I think similar to Bryce's memory and appreciation for this movie, like it's hard for me to remove myself from my experiences with seeing this movie at younger years. Yeah, that party sounded great. And so there's a degree to which like nostalgia will always preserve this movie as kind of, you know, it's not going to ever drop below what I've rated it. Yeah. I think there's one thing when it describes it as routine that I slightly disagree with. Um, and I love the plot element of the bad guy just saying, I'll give anybody who can break me out a hundred million dollars. Although that was the worst part of the movie, to be honest with you. I think that's really unique. Like, I can't think of very many movies that have done something like that. I have a word for it. Lazy. Why? It's, <laughs> I was watching that. I'm like, why don't more bad guys do that? John Wick kind of had that premise. Which one? Uh, the, the second one leading to the third one where they have their, what's it mm. called? Ran was a ransom is out on him. Right. But he's a... He is a, like, that's the whole world of John Wick is yeah. like bounty hunters who get paid to kill people. Like, this is just a bad guy who's, like, above the law, or thinks he's above the law, and he's like, I'll give anybody $100 million, that's nothing to yeah. me, if you can yeah. break me And out. he's capitalizing that, you know, all these cameras are on him, so he's going to immediately be, like, speaking to the world. Yeah. That's pretty smart. And there is some, like, yeah. again, I don't think it does enough with that premise, but there is some criticism of, like, the way that we report on, on crimes and things like that as yes. well and all that. And how is he bad? Kills his uncle, takes over business. We really don't know anything about the guy. They keep it we, ambiguous in a good way. There's a lot of questions about this villain, like what country is he from, that uh, we'll have to get into here. He says merci, so I'm going to go with France. But He, he starts <laughs> off speaking French. He has a Spanish passport. His uncle is played by an Armenian actor. Yep. He's racially who ambiguous. own an Italian restaurant. Yes. I'm just not 100% sure. Epcot. So and then also his local contact that is like his henchman is just an American with yes. a very American accent. Yep. I go, oh, you're interesting that you yes. are speaking just straight English to a Frenchman. He lives in Epcot. <laughs> yes, he lives in Epcot. <laughs> so, um, as always, instead of saying what's the best scene or what was your favorite scene, I always say, if you can only so show someone a short section of the movie, you have 5, 10, 15 minutes, uh, which scene would we show them? Okay, um, I think it was, for me, it's definitely the first half. I think the training scenes. I like all the training scenes with the group of them. I think those are cool, but I also specifically like the one, Colin Farrell's, Colin Farrell's character, Jim Street, where he's showing off his skills. Um, my favorite scene, which I would show specifically, I said training, but the specific training scene is when Samuel Jackson, is that Hondo? Yes, yeah. Hondo. When he like sees him at the gun range shooting, and he's like, hey, come over here. I bet this guy could beat you. And then he ends up beating the guy, and it goes into, hey, can you drive for me, etc. I think that's the heart of the movie is right there. Yeah, I think for me, my, my scene I show 
is different than the scene that I show myself. <laughs> so like the scene I can always return to is somewhat of an inside joke with Bryce and I. Of There's a scene where they have to take a plane uh, as part of their basically testing to show that they can take um, over this plane that has um, other SWAT officers posing as terrorists on it and they have to you know, basically take it back or whatever. And there's this song that plays in it, Time is Running Out, that we joke about. So it's like this incredible scene. But it's not enough so, to like maybe show somebody else for me. So that actually is my pick. Okay, sorry. <laughs> don't don't step on it too much. I think that is the best scene to show someone uh, to like convince them what this movie's about because it's it is like a test. Uh, and so it is just like a really cool like example of them like actually planning it and it does the thing where it shows part of the plan but not all the plan so you get surprised too as the bad guys are getting surprised um yeah you get to stick it to fuller who's the um captain or whatever yeah, captain uh funny thing about our song though time is running out so if you watch it on netflix or on dvd or whatever it plays that song <clears throat> but if you watch it on television which i've also done a ton of times because they have to edit it At for time party, maybe yeah like that time because they have to edit it for time one of the ways they do is they shorten that scene so the song is played slightly faster and it feels so oh, yeah, frantic and chaotic. Yeah. It's <laughs> bizarre. But anyway, what is your scene? So my scene that I would show someone to get them excited about the movie, because I think one of my favorite parts of just the premise in this movie is that it feels kind of like, um, what is, uh, like the A-team. Like there's just oh, yeah. all these members that are each kind of like the special skill in one way and they're each very like... Um, like cool and like cool in their own right and like exciting to get to know that I would show like the recruitment scene. So yeah, when they're going on the patrol car around California and he's, you know, Hondo is basically saying, why don't we go over here and look at this guy? We need to meet this guy. So you get to meet LL Cool J, which is great in his uh, ensuing chase scene. Is he in the CBS show? <laughs> no, he's in a different CBS okay. show. Probably very similar. Um, <laughs> and so you get to see him and it's also funny, which is just a, a, quick uh, step into tidbits is that Clark Johnson, who's the director, is actually LL Cool J's partner in that scene. Oh, when, that's him? Oh, yeah, cool. the guy who's in the... In the, the guy who gets a frying pan thrown yeah. in his head? <laughs> that's, that's the actual director. I remember watching that scene, I was like, he takes a frying pan to the face and like hops back up. I'm like, you're out. It also like doesn't... It he doesn't up. get mad, he's like, please don't do that again. <laughs> so you get that, you get to meet Michelle Rodriguez's character, oh, who up so until that point is quote unquote Chris Sanchez, you assume is a male. And they want you to believe it's a male, and then all of a sudden you pull back the blind at the hospital, and it's a female. Can we say how obvious was it that it's going to be Michelle Rodriguez? I, I don't just, care. I don't know, but first time viewer, I was like, come on. Uh, so yeah, I, I would choose that scene to show somebody, because it gets them excited about each of the characters and kind of their own before. And then also, I love that scene, because for some reason it makes fun of a vegetarian cop who's nice to people. <laughs> Like, I, don't get, I don't get the yeah, joke there. They're that's like, the best part. You've never been complained on in all your years of the service. And the cop's like, oh, I just feel like if I respect people and do my job well, then yeah. there's probably... He's being a little bit pretentious. He though. definitely yeah, is. Sammy like, Jack's like, we need real people. Hondo calls him Dave, and he goes, it's, it's David. David. Which is like, <laughs> all right, dude, chill out. And also, I've probably made fun of people for being vegetarians before, so I'm fine yep. with that. But yeah, that scene's like really funny, and I, I remember watching it and thinking like, is this still okay? I'm like, yeah, we can still make fun of people for being vegetarians. That's um, definitely still allowed. There's a co it's funny, Cole, because when you're talking about that recruitment scene, these actors, I cannot not see them as themselves. LL Cool J, I only see him as LL Cool J. Michelle Rodriguez, I only see her as Michelle Rodriguez. Sometimes that takes me out of a movie. Yeah. Samuel Jackson used to be like that, but I've become to, I've grown to love him so much because of Nick Fury yeah. that I buy into his whole shtick. 
No, I get that. That's definitely not a thought I've considered before, but that's true. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really see her as uh, Chris Sanchez. I do see her as Michelle Rodriguez, and I'm excited that it's yeah. her. Right. But I, mean, I don't see a, her she as. She is the epitome of action star. Yes. Yeah. She's she rides, especially when they give her three seconds of kickboxing, where she literally yeah. grabs the <laughs> and jumps and jumps and does a jump kick. Yeah, jump like, kicks. Yeah, jump she's kicks just are super. Important. She, yeah, very important. She's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so, talk about our favorite scene, or rather, our scene that we think would sell the movie. What scene do you think <clears throat> would ruin, or it does ruin the movie, to, so to speak? We we kind of agree that this is not a great yeah. movie for sure. So. What, like, one scene keeps it from getting there? Um, mine would be the recruitment scene. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, I thought, and this kind of goes along um, with... Yeah, and if you um, want to talk about fixes, too. Yeah, this I kind of skipped over that, but how would you fix this movie? into my fix. So, my scene is the bar scene where they meet Jeremy Renner's character again. What's Jeremy Renner's character? Gamble. 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 Okay, so, how do they make him bad? This is such, like, an early 2000s thing. Let's make his hair grungy looking and give him a pierced ear and then dress him up in like biker clothes and he's a different character. Mm -hmm. And then he just happens to be like, they're like, they hate each other now because they were partners in the beginning of the movie and Renner didn't agree with the ways. And so now that, that scene is just so forced. It's yeah. so bad. Um, and that's what I was going to say. I would fix the, the plot, get, make the other guy the antagonist or make Jeremy Renner the antagonist and give him some levity. Yeah, that's a good point too. Because one of the things I noticed rewatching this was they don't need that scene to sh sell that Jeremy Renner's character isn't a good guy. Because when you watch the opening scene, which we all think is really good, and the interaction afterwards, like if you're paying attention, you get that Jeremy Renner's a bad guy here. Like, yeah, he shot a civilian, and he's like, "But it's what needed to happen." It's like you shot a woman who was innocent, right? And he's he shoots through the hostage to it, kill the. It was cool to see like his struggle. Like what? Right. What he felt was it goes against the code, but he felt right. that was. What but like, was... also like not following orders is yeah. how people die, and so like, yeah. he, you really get the feeling for like, yes, he is complex because he feels like what he did was right, even though as you as the watcher and and Street, which is Colin Farrell's character, are like, oh, obviously you need to apologize, like you messed, up. and he won't admit that what he did was wrong. And he... that scene, I don't mean to catch up, but wasn't yeah. that a great intro? Like this, yeah. When they're yelling at each other in the locker room. I'm watching it. I didn't know Jeremy Renner even acted at the time. <laughs> right. Uh, I didn't know he was that early of an actor, but I'm like, wow, this is going to be a really cool movie. It's going to have good acting. And then they just completely just destroy everything they built in the beginning. And I think also if you cut out the scene that you're talking about, the scene uh, where they're at the bar, it's shocking when Gamble shows up later yes. for the house. Oh, it's definitely exactly. better payoff. And that would be like, oh my gosh, like I forgot about Jeremy Renner. Instead, you um, expect him to be there. Right, exactly. You know he's going to be there. Yeah, I think, I think really even part of me was wondering if like, I mean, so part of these are characters that existed in the TV show. So part of me is like, is Gamble as a name too on the nose that he is Gamble? He takes risks and literally he has Gamble <laughs> tattooed on his arm. Yeah, the Gamble tattooed on his arm is also like a, okay. Um, but also... <laughs> I have my name just tattooed on my forearm. In, in further support of Mario's comment on no that scene in the beginning is that's when Jeremy Renner is his most menacing when he pushes Colin Farrell up against the glass. He busts his head on the window. Busts his head here. on the mirror and like basically is like, you know, we're done. And like there is a moment there where I'm like, oh gosh, this is really good. Yeah. And then it does become kind of a caricature. Yeah. And so it's like that scene at the bar, like, what's it there for? Is it to establish Jeremy Renner as the bad guy? Like, we already got that. 
Is it to establish that Colin Farrell's street is a badass? Like, we got that too. Like, we saw him on the shooting course. Right. And, like, it ex it also establishes this weird sexual tension between Sanchez and the street. It was Which so would forced. be fine. But, it, again, as Michelle Rodriguez, like, pulls back and disappears from this movie, you're like, so do they get together? Like, yeah. I don't know what happened. Because, like, they yeah. push it. The first 45 minutes of the movie, it's a big thing. And then it's never mentioned again. And I wanted it. Yeah. There's another line in that scene. I think Street and Sanchez would be great for yeah, each other. A line in that scene that just took, takes you out of the movie, beats you over the head with it. It was uh, Street's about to fight his buddy, and they're leaving the bar, and he's like, I could have taken that guy, and, and the gamble's like, I was saving you from him. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's uh, like we didn't need that. Like, we got that Street's yeah, stuff. You should have let me kick his ass. I saved yours. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is, so for me, when I say my worst scene, um, my worst scene is kind of the, the series of scenes that happen at that halfway part that I talked about where, for me, the movie does take a really terrible turn. So my biggest complaint is that the movie flips halfway through, and so after he gives this ransom notice of, hey, I'll pay $100 million to whoever gets me out of here, uh, the bad guy does, that there's just this ridiculous scene where literally they're on top of a rooftop and a 50 caliber sniper rifle shoots down a helicopter that crashes into the street, <laughs> yeah. and somehow people aren't hurt or hit by it, just some windows break. Then in the uh, ensuing chase leaving there, two semi-trucks filled with matching dressed criminals with machine guns and bazookas <laughs> show up and explode the police, you know, caravan of vehicles. And so there's a part of me that when that scene happens, it's like you don't feel like you're watching the same movie because up to that point, there's a degree to which the circumstances they're in seem believable <laughs> and the way that they approach them seem believable. And then it really, to me and this is borrowing back to my high school days, it becomes like an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, where it's like, how do these people have a bazooka? Yeah. It's one thing, like, we've come to expect bad, our bad guys in movies, like, oh, they have AK-47s, or they have assault rifles. So you're like, all right, I'm into that. But, like, a lot of these movies, when they try and take it to the next level, it's like, these bad guys have explosives. And it's like, where are these bad guys buying grenades? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, well, is, this, is this Spider-Man? <laughs> you describing that made me think of a kid who was playing with his like, G.I. Joes and wanted to set up a plot with his friend. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are going to have bazookas. Cobra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think for me, and this also kind of like Mario did, transitions into the efficient fix. There's another scene. Uh, it's just before what Cole's talking about. The first, like, mission the SWAT team goes on, they have to get... They call it a Polish hostage, which it feels... I don't know if that's, like, a racist thing, but, like, it's a weird name to use. And it's I guess an it's, industry word. He's, like, holding himself hostage. Like, he's saying he's going to kill him. I don't, I don't understand the situation. It's not a well-done scene. It yes. only exists so that they can use the MacGuffin that <laughs> yes. uh, Colin Farrell introduced oh, earlier. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the, you're talking about the, Polish. You're talking about the key to the city? The key to the city, yeah. And it's, like... <laughs> Why was this scene in the movie? And it, it does a couple of these things that we're, I'm talking about, like just cut it. Is I've mentioned before how I love movies when they're a tight 90 minutes. This movie is almost two full hours. Yeah, it was, and I yeah. I think you feel it a little bit. It's like this movie should be 90 minutes. Yeah, tiny that picked two with the MacGuffin there is that literally, you know, the, this tool that Colin Farrell invents is essentially a. Sorry, I'm not using MacGuffin right either. But sorry. Anyway, go ahead. So this. Uh, one trick pony, this, uh, you know, 
whatever. McGruber. This item, <laughs> this item that Colin Farrell invents, uh, is essentially this like grappling hook that punches through a wall in a house and then pulls the whole wall away. They ex- they over explain it too when he's yes. describing. They explain it. it twice what it does. Yeah. But like my tiny nitpick is that that's also just not how housing works. Right? <laughs> like they pull this wall that just has no studs. No foundation. Yeah. It's just oh yeah, we can pull through a wall. No, I don't know that you could. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah, I think my efficient fix is we kind of transition into this, too, as well. Um, and this is really my the part when you talked about Michelle Rodriguez uh, and Ella Cool J kind of suck you out of the movie experience. You don't really feel like you're watching a movie. You feel like you're watching, you know, those actors. Yeah. That, for me, one of the things that definitely pulled me out of the movie experience was the writing and specifically the, like, quips and like back and forth yeah it doesn't work so i'm going to give a couple scenarios to give further description of what i'm talking about so there's a scene where colin farrell who's jim street an officer is talking to brian van holt who is michael boxer his one of his future mm-hmm. partners and it's a scene where they're both we're basically about to start joining and training towards being on the same swat team and boxer's sister and colin farrell date in the earlier scenes and Boxer's like, hey, what'd you do to my sister? She's kind of really heart for, you know, heart, uh, heartbroken over what happened. And, goes, you know, what'd you do? He's like, I don't know. She ended things. And he, like, keeps pressing him on it. And he goes, that's my little sister. What'd you do to her? And he goes, uh, trust me, she's not that little. I don't get what not that little is even meant to imply. Like she's an adult, maybe? I yeah. guess that she's an adult. She makes that's adult decisions. That's fine. But it's not a good, like, comeback. Here's a far worse comeback. It is funny because it's from Mario's least favorite scene. Is in the bar scene. Jeremy Renner walks over, super menacing, or trying to be, uh, because he has Gamble tattooed on his and arm his now. eyeshadow. So he's really, really, you know, scary, and he makes fun of Michelle Rodriguez. He says, oh, who's this, your girlfriend? And Colin Farrell defends her. He's like, no, no, she's SWAT. He's like, oh, I didn't know they made bulletproof bras. He's yeah. like, and he so laughs. He thinks it's a hilarious joke. Then she replies. This is her, this is verbatim what she says. Uh-oh. She says, uh, what they need to do is make bulletproof condoms big enough to fit your big head in. What does that even mean? I think she's trying to say that he should have never been born, but like a condom on his own head wouldn't do anything. Just just, a beanie at that point. Like it it seems like like an insult that you'd hear from like a football coach where it only halfway makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of the writing to me was was really poor. There's even my last one. Sorry, my last one is uh, the captain. There's and this one is not aged well. The captain is meeting with Samuel Jackson about yes. Samuel building his team. And he's like, man, just give me the team I want, please. And Samuel Jackson is asking for Colin Farrell, who the captain doesn't like. And so Colin, or the captain says, okay, well, you know what? If y'all mess up, it's your ass. And, and specifically, you and Jim Street, Colin Farrell, are both going to be off. And not just off of SWAT. You're going to be off of the police force. And he goes, you feel me? And he oh, says it yeah. like super, like definitely trying to persona or impersonate a black guy. Yeah. And it like, oh, it just it is not aged well. I thought, and they they make him cartoonishly bad, but in literally in the that same scene, horrible. they are talking about. He's like saying, you can have these three. You can have LL Cool J. You can have Boxer and TJ. <laughs> and then he goes, you can't have Sanchez because she's, she's a, a woman. Yeah. Dude, you know what's horrible? <laughs> You're like what? You're watching. That's so, not real. I don't know if you guys, because I this was my first watch, viewing experience. I knew that was coming, and I'm like, this is so lame and so over the top. And they do it again in the bar scene, like, oh, you're a girl though. You can't, you can't do anything. You can't be a cop. It's like, okay. Well, it makes sense for Jeremy Renner's character, who's kind of a d bag, to say that. 
because he's a douche. Yeah, but they but ruined it by having the... For the captain to be like, she can't be on the team. She's, she's a, woman. a woman. It's like, uh, are you about to get fired for HR scandal in a few <laughs> yeah, years? Yeah, That actor is... Don't let, uh, he is driving internal at 110 affairs know that. miles down. per hour in every scene he's in. Oh my gosh, it's too much. Yeah, so I think the banter really fell flat for me. Like, I feel like a lot of what was said... You could have just as easily seen it said by Horatio in CSI Miami. Like, it was yeah. that level of right. terrible dialogue. Horatio Sands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I have one more, just a, a, a honorable mention. There's a scene where the team is watching an episode of SWAT. It's not the whole team, it's just boxing. Oh, it's yeah, just boxing. Yeah, yeah. So lame. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, because this is based off of an old TV show, as it was heavily mentioned in the movie... Um, of course, this is a, a thing they got, yeah, stuck in development hell, so to speak, for a long time. Uh, and so it actually has a ton of casting what-ifs, so I'm going to go over a couple of them with you guys and see what you think. First, I'm actually going to do all the directors that were attached. Tell Gosh, me, this is part of my tidbit, so keep going, but man, this is rough. Tell me if this tickles your fancy. So, Michael Bay. Mm -hmm. Yes, he should have directed this movie. Rob Cohen. No. Anton Fuqua. No. Michael Mann. Maybe. Maybe Michael Mann. Yeah. Joel Schumacher. No way. Tony Scott. Our boy Zack Snyder. Shout out to the Watchmen episode. <laughs> yep. No way. Roger Spotiswood, who I don't know who it is. And then uh, John Woo. A lot more doves in oh, the background. It would have been, John yeah. Woo movie. yeah. So it seems like this was getting kicked around before Clark Could Johnson. Could you imagine a Schneider swap? It'd be, everything would be slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Johnson signs on to do it, and I was like, I've never heard of him before. So I do his thing, and he's actually... He's responsible for a lot of episodes of TV shows that I really like. Go figure. Like, it feels like episodes of a TV show. But like, good, like he, he did... Uh, Orange <laughs> the New Black. He did the Nebraska episode did of mm -hmm. Walking Dead, which is like one of the best episodes of that show. He did an episode of West Wing, really well-respected TV show. He's done a bunch of episodes of Homeland. Westworld. So he did a couple episodes of Luke no. Cage. Yeah, he did one oh, episode of Luke Cage. Um, so anyway, I think... Maybe they were trying to, but he does all those afterwards, so he does have a style that's like very good for a TV show. And uh, the movie could have been better if they tried to just take the idea of a SWAT team with the same characters and then made a movie. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like it was a paying homage to the TV show the whole time. Yeah, yeah. We kind of go into casting whatever. Like I, I don't know if Bryce is saying this, but for me, I feel like Clark Johnson, although he was far down the list on directors they attempted to have do this movie, I thought he was like a super great. End up being a great fit for this type of movie because he because does like, like the action cam style of like yeah, the news report. His entire resume is just these kind of movies and mm -hmm. TV shows and even acting roles. Like he he's played in crime movies and shows uh, as well. He like it's this is his bread and butter. Yeah. So <laughs> fun facts: favorite food, bread and butter. Nice. <laughs> so we can go through a couple of casting what ifs as well, but I'm going to start with my very favorite one. So keep in mind, Fast and Furious has already oh, come out at the mine. time. And they wanted Paul Walker to play Street, which is Colin Farrell's yep. role, and Vin Diesel to play Deke, which is LL Cool J's role. So they're just running back Fast and Furious um, at this point. Oh, think, they are literally shopping from yeah. the same bin. I'll tell you this. I think, I think Vin Diesel's too good for this movie, to be honest with you. I think he takes it to a different level. I think Paul Walker, um, this is the type of movie he could do it in. I think Colin Farrell's a better actor, to be honest. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. I think Colin Farrell, though, is a really underrated actor. But I think Paul Walker would have done a better job in this role than, than they tried to do with Con Farrell because he's he has played that role, I think, a That's little bit more. That's who he is in The Fast and the Furious, basically. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, it would have probably been a little bit better of a movie. 
Also considered for the role of Street, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't think that's a better movie. And no, then it's a worse movie. Last one I Talking found. Talking to me? Last one maybe, I found. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> the role of Hondo, that's Samuel L. Jackson's character, was offered first to Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, I can definitely see that. can't do it. Put that cookie down! But, no! Um, I think, so there's that scene where uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Colin Farrell are both in the gym together, like, before their test. Yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson, like, really fits the role of, like, grizzled old guy who still has it. And... Oh, Arnold, no. yeah, keep going. Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, he's just so big and so strong. I don't know if he can recede into the background as, like, the mentor kind of role as much. And Samuel L. Jackson, obviously, has played that a bunch throughout his career. See, I thought you were going to make fun of the fact that Samuel Jackson does seem like this awesome legend on the force that, you know, is coming back until that workout scene because he pulls up the cable machine and uses it not correctly <laughs> and also with like no way and not even like a workout position. Like yeah, yeah. everything about it, I go, are you supposed to like look like you're strong right now? They're so, doing very like, they're obviously going for tone. They're not going for bulk as much as I would say. He tells uh, Colin Farrell not to, you know, burn it. He goes, I got plenty left in the tank. <laughs> Dude, you're doing 10. <laughs> Damn you, 15. <laughs> so anyway, like we've mentioned a bunch of times, this is a remake of a TV show. Uh, so we're going to go away from SWAT a little bit and talk about, actually, before we do that, by the way, apparently SWAT wasn't a good TV show when was it, it was on. Was it it was boring? only on for two seasons and yeah. it was not well reviewed. That's weird. I'm going to get into that on my very last okay. comment of the day. Thanks. We'll, we'll come back to that then. But anyway, so I was thinking, because there's this whole flurry in like early 2000s, even into almost 20, 2010, where they were remaking like every Everything. 80s or 70s TV show into a movie. 18, so 21 they did. Jump Street. 18, 21 Jump Street. MASH. Starsky and Hutt. They have a MASH movie? No, but it came oh. out in like 1974. They have a Miami Vice movie. <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah. They have all these uh, movies. So I thought, no, it's been a little bit since then. And yeah. that's kind of died away in favor of book remakes, basically. Um, but if you could pick an old-ish TV show. So now I'm thinking like before 2000, but like if it ended in the early 2000s, that's fine. What... TV show do you think they could remake into a movie? And so not yeah. just like take the original cast and make a movie out of yeah. it, but like recast Ooh. stylistically yes. the same, but yeah. also different. I'm like excited about mine. Uh, mine Sex, too. Sex and the City. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, also, I, I think it is a movie. It is. But uh, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. Sex and the City yeah. in a movie with the same cast. I'm saying like yeah. just reboot movie. Yeah, for I me, would, I think oh, I would... I was um, going to give my actual answer. Yeah, so for me, I think I would... <laughs> oh my God. It's only a knife, so I... Um, so I'm cheating a little bit on imagination because I saw something that existed in this context and that's why I wanted all the more is a Fresh Prince movie. Um, <laughs> oh, and just a side I note, this so. is a PSA. Thank you Literally go Google on YouTube. Bel Air trailer. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Like it's like a fan funded, like it's actually, so it was made by um, a media group called uh, Sun Squared Media. It's outstanding. It is really, really it's good. Like a it's like Yeah, it's like a yeah. dramatic approach to the Fresh Prince, you know, storyline, and it looks really, really good. Yeah. And now it's, you know, it's it's essentially just a fake trailer. Like, it's, right. it's, it doesn't exist. It's not coming a out. A trailer. A trailer, if you will. But man, does it make me want a Fresh me Prince too. movie? Not yeah. with um, Jane Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing I think that Will Smith's so iconic that he like would make it hard to watch a Fresh yes. Prince movie without Will Smith. Oh, I totally agree. But I still, I, I know what trailer you're talking about. I've seen it. And it's great. It is a cool idea. I would do uh, The Office. Um, no, I gotta stop joking here. I would do, so this is gonna be obscure, 
But I'm glad you said a different cast and just take the premise. Yeah. I would do Good Burger, but I would have it with Will, uh, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. They have like a small town burger shop, and across the street is like someone trying to put them out of the business. It's, is it's it Michael fun. Keaton, and he wants to buy their patent? No. Michael is it the Keaton? movie Founder, and it's really, really sad? No, but it's Will Don't Farrell. watch Founders. Will Ferrell. It's Founder. Or the Founder. founder. Um, but it's Will Ferrell. I had a couple choices that I think would fit, and this kind of fits with the idea of like, a movie has already been made, but okay. I like recasting, but just taking the general idea and theme. So you're cha you're changing what you asked us to do. No, this is what I like. What we said oh, about you're the host, and you can do whatever you want. No, this <laughs> what we said is like it could be something that already had a TV movie made, uh, and so I think like if they m did a remake of the X Files as just a single movie, that would be very good. Obviously, not using David Duchovny and I can't remember who plays Scully. Sorry, um, but it's okay. <laughs> Uh, using some different actors to play those roles, I think would be really interesting because I just generally like science fiction. Do you have anyone in mind? Uh, not off the top of my head. I think it would be good to use lesser-known casting for those roles. Yeah, I think... I'm available. Similar yeah, to sure. that sci-fi one even. So I had, these are kind of my honorable mentions. Um, is I never watched the show, but I think it would make for a really good movie premise as well. Uh, is I think it's called Quantum Leap with Scott Bakula. Uh, and the premise in that show, maybe you're familiar with it, but essentially he like steps into people's bodies and basically lives life through their eyes. And oh, it sounds cool. I've never. Um, but like the show, it works really well as a show because he can literally step into like other time periods right. of people's bodies. So maybe it'd be difficult to do that in a movie, but I think it could kind of play out like the movie Vantage Point, where like you could essentially live through five people's understanding of an event through Scott Bakula. It didn't have to be Scott Bakula, but I never knew that was an actual guy. Scott Bakula? Yeah, that, that was a fake actual, name? Yeah, that was a fake name. <laughs> yeah. Like Dr. Acula from Scrubs? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Wait, so how about this? What show are the ones we said? Which one would you watch? Which movie? I mean, I would pick my own. Would you? I think <laughs> yeah. mine's pretty good. Would you watch mine? Do you want me to say yours so you feel good? Yeah, please. I've had a rough day. I'd probably watch Bryce's. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, he never played again. Um, so now we transition to everyone's favorite segment, Tiddly Bits. Tiddly this week's Bits. Uh, this week's Tiddly Bits is sponsored by Surge Cola. Um, so thank you to Surge for making us have our eyebrows. Mom, you never let me have Surge. You know their motto was? There's nothing like a not, nothing like a good Surge Cola. This is a true story. One time I asked my mom if we I could have a coat float, and she said we don't have any coat. And so I looked in the fridge, and we had Surge. And I said, Mom, you think a Surge float would be good? And she said... I do not. <laughs> she did lead you well there. Where do they sell Surge? Where do they have Surge? They don't sell it anymore. No, no, no point. What did they used to have it, I mean? Uh, at the store. You know, know. local grocery? Yeah, it was like Coke's response to Mountain Dew. So some of my tidbits, uh, some tiny ones at first, um, is tiny that... Tiny titties? Titty bits? Whoa. Whoa. We'll just edit that out. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> uh, my first one is, I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher his last name, but Noel Googlemi. Googlemi. Googlemi is in this movie. And he plays this role in every movie. He's credited as Latino gangster. I literally Googled Hispanic actor who always plays a criminal in movies, and his picture came up. I'm you, not exaggerating. You, wait, really? I'm going to do that right There's now. A so that he's, in, he's in other movies like The Mule, Fast and the Furious. He's in The Purge. He's in The Dark Knight Rises. And he plays a gangster or a crime person in every one of those movies. If you look at his Wikipedia page, like... Over half of his roles are either credited as Latino gangster or Hector for some reason. Is his name? Oh my god, Hector. he does Six come up. Or seven he plays guy? Hector so yes. often. Yes. 
Um, I, I just it's, jumping it's on that. It's Guglielmi, by the way. Guglielmi. It's Italian Mexican. It's Guglielmi. Yeah, just trailer. jumping on uh, <laughs> that point for a second, Cole. There's a bunch of like that guys in this movie. Um, you mentioned our villains uh, contact in America, played by the same actor who plays Hurt from The Wire. Pretty, oh, nice. Pretty big name. Uh, Octavia Spencer is yelling at LL Cool J for arresting yep. someone. Can we, can we talk about her real quick? Actors from weirdest, things like Hidden Figures. and She had the weirdest obscure roles before she became an amazing Oscar before the help, actress. I think yeah. is when she became like a big so deal. It's so weird to see her. Yeah, she's also in Dinner for Schmucks. Yes! <laughs> and she's so weird. Like, always potential future podcast for uh, us, but yeah, she also is in that. And then Reg Cathy plays uh, Lieutenant Velasquez. Uh, Reg Cathy passed away, but he's a big deal in a lot of shows yeah. that I like as well. Sorry, keep going. Any more tidbits? Uh, mine is, we talked about it earlier, so I'll just kind of go through it quickly. Just the tidbit of like how many directors were pursued before Clark Johnson. Um, and so Bryce mentioned all of them, but it's just, it's crazy to me. So you have Michael Bay with movies like Armageddon and Transformers, Tony Scott, you have John Woo, Antonio Fuqua, <laughs> Fuqua uh, who did the things like The Magnificent Seven. So you have all these act, all these directors, and part of the thing that's maybe the tidbit to me is so many of these directors have a very like wide and different range of like styles and movies that they are known for that it would have been a very different movie had any one of these other directors picked it up and then i think where they landed was the best director for this movie of making this movie based off a tv show was a director that has done so much tv has yeah. he done a movie any other movies i think so i'm not i'm not 100 yes he did a movie team he did a movie that I, I had to look up i haven't seen it it came out in 2016 i think it's called the sentinel and it Features, it's almost an identical premise. <laughs> it is the Secret Service. Is it a Netflix movie? No, no, no. Oh, okay. It came out. It's the Secret Service. Uh, they have a rogue agent that wants to assassinate the president. Yes, dude. So one of the Secret Service agents that has to defend and catch this guy is Kiefer Sutherland, which is too close to the pen. <laughs> and he has to check down uh, Michael Douglas is the rogue agent. In what world, old at this point. Douglas. In what world can you imagine Michael Douglas is menacing and like... Agile. He could well, be menacing. Not since like the 80s. Yeah, yeah. menacing, but not agile. Not agile. Not agile. Okay, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, that is great. Gosh. <laughs> this is the same movie. I got a couple tiddly bits here. Hit us, Mario. Um, I'm going to present my tiddly bits to you guys. Um, this movie, The Italian Job, and Hollywood Homicide, all filmed at the same exact time. So people around LA are probably like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> Our police force sucks. <laughs> There's guys walking around bazookas. There's only time that the shooting had to pause due to an actual chase. Right? Yeah. Wait, that's for real. That really oh, happened. Oh, gosh. They, the, the cast thought it was a joke. They were like, hey, we're closing down because the, there's a chase. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's part of, the, you know, part of the movie today or part of the filming today. And then literally a high-speed chase came through their set. <laughs> so Colin Farrell, I, I was... Pleased to know that he wanted to do a lot of his own stunts, which is always cool, I think, when you watch a movie that you has a lot of action pieces and you want the actors to do it. But he said he wanted to Have you ever heard, sorry, pause on that real quick. Have you ever heard Danny Trejo's... Um, Danny Trejo? No. Point on that? I thought it was... I oh, always yes, thought the same thing. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did hear it. So just as a another maybe PSA, I'd call it, but... He'd be great in this movie. I always thought the same thing. I was like, man, it's always so cool when actors do their own you know, stunts. It seems like it's so like brave and stuff like that. And so Danny talks about it, and he says, from the opposite perspective, he says that for him, he sees that it's extremely selfish because when an actor gets hurt, if they get hurt due to an injury induced by, you know, not having a stunt double do the acting for them or do that stunt for them, uh, that then filming has to pause. And then there's yeah. so many people that don't get paid when filming pauses. 
Right. And so for him, he's like, no, I'm, I'm looking out for everybody, so I'm going to let my stunt double do what he's paid yeah. to do so that I can do what I'm paid to do so that everybody can continue yeah. to move. Well, I will say this. Danny Trejo's stunts are probably like, are you looking at me? And someone else has to say that instead of him because he really doesn't do any stunts. He does. He's in a lot of action nah, movies. Oh. <laughs> it does bring more value to me to the movie when I know I'm watching John Wick and Keanu Reeves does 90% of his stunts. I'm watching any Tom Cruise movie and I know it's Tom Cruise. It just makes me enjoy it so well, much more. Tom Cruise is the one that inspired Danny Trejo to say that because people took it as like a shot at Tom Cruise. Leave the Cruise alone. When right? Trejo Patriot said saying, it, Tom Cruise had like broken his foot and they had had to stop shooting a Mission Impossible for like eight weeks or however long while his foot. Oh, was. that's when it came, when he, the last one he yeah, broke his ankle. That's yeah. when Danny Trejo said yeah. that. Yeah. Oh well, it, they kept that scene in that movie. You can see him yeah. breaks in the trailer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so going back, Colin Farrell or Jim Street? Nope, Colin Farrell wants Colin to go down the, real person. Yeah, he wants to go down the rope. One of the scenes when they descend from the helicopter, and they told him, "No, we don't want you doing that stunt." His stunt double on the first take does it and breaks his ankle. There you go. So there you go. So thank you, stunt double, and that's why you exist. Thank that's you so much. Tom Cruise though wouldn't have broken his ankle. He did break his foot. He, he well, did some possible. He did it. He had a strategy. So I have a lot of tidbits. Some of us have already talked about some of them, so that's great. Dude, Bryce, put all your tidbits away. <laughs> but my favorite, and this is maybe more of a nitpick than a tidbit. Um, <laughs> wrong, yes. wrong show, man. <laughs> but so TJ, who's the one who turns on him, and so we're supposed to think that TJ makes the call to gamble. And while he's using the bathroom and he comes back and he says, sorry, I had bad Thai food last night. And then Samuel Jackson's like, are you good to go? He's like, yeah, I'm good now. And that doesn't make sense. They had dinner together the night before. So yep. they oh, know yeah. he didn't have bad Thai food for dinner. And that dinner scene is when LL Cool J lifts up his shirt. Because LL Cool J the is... The worst scene. And we didn't talk about It's actually about in that. his contract that he has to lift up his shirt in every movie. He's a lot more cut than I thought he'd be. He is insanely oh, shredded. I thought he'd be Incredible. a little heavy build guy. No, LL no, no, Cool no. J is shredded. Yeah. Speaking no, of no. that scene, though, the one before the bad Thai food, um, LL Cool J's dad is Deke from the original series. Little uh, little cameo for him there. Um, so I always enjoy when they do that. Apparently another actor is a cameo later, but I didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Um, further down my line of just terrible lines and just forced scenes is, uh, TJ, uh, the guy that made the call to gamble to let him know that, you know, we're going to make this thing happen. His departure from the movie is, oh, there's, rough. there's it's rough. It, yeah. I mean, it's rough in the sense of what happens, but it's also just rough in the, it like, just, it's, in climacticness. It's so lazy. It's so He's in the back of the plane that they try to escape in. I don't think it's lazy. I think it's just poorly written. Yeah, yeah, poorly written. Uh, that's Hondo, why I think Hondo it's lazy. says, you know, but it, he I has a gun. Lazy writing is what I mean. But so, it's, sorry, go ahead, Cole. So we paint the scene before we talk about it. So, Hondo uh, has him at gunpoint in the back of the plane. He's basically been thwarted from escaping. He knows he's been caught, and he asks, "Oh, hey, how's Boxer, who was shot earlier? Another one of their teammates who he had turned on, but he's, he seems like he genuinely cares how Boxer's doing." And Hondo's like, he's going to make it. He's like, okay. And then Sam Jackson's character goes, so how do you want to do this? Which is like, you know, like, hey, we're going to take you in, obviously. And TJ looks at him and says, damn it, Sarge. And then blows his brains out. Yep. Yep. And it, it's just. You know it, what it alluded to was in the Damn scene, it, Sarge. He, he's on a date and he like, it's an expensive bottle of wine. And yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I only make 60K a year. I can't afford this wine. If only there was something I could do to get me more money. Oh, I'm gonna help break this guy out of it's just so stupid to I me. I may work in the mud, but I play in the clouds. Yeah, was that him? That's him. That's what he says about the bottle of wine. Um last tidbit, the uh opening scene, which we all liked, uh 
so again, it tricks in the, you in the spirit you. of tidbits. Uh, I remember seeing this on like when the FX used to have the DVD on TV where oh, they yeah, show you that. special features. So in it, as they're doing like the action cam, you see a camera person run too close and get like grabbed and pulled back. Apparently that was an actual person filming the movie who didn't realize they had walked into the shot and got pulled back. And the director's like, no, that looks really cool. Let's leave that oh, in. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and the whole shootout at the beginning is based off of a Hollywood shootout that had happened before, which Cole mentioned. It looks like they yeah, have a break. No, a real <laughs> one. Stormtrooper accuracy. In the real shootout, the, the two bank robbers died, obviously were shot by the cops, but 20 people were shot, including like a dozen cops. So, wow. you know, I guess when you're, obviously they're trying to, to not kill any uh, civilians and the bank robbers don't care. You just get bad stuff that, happening. Yeah. That scene is sad to me because you start watching, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. And it's such a tease. It's a great scene. It's a great opener. Um, so, uh, anyway, as always, we want to close with our most important question. Does this movie belong in the junk drawer? Hundred and fifty percent yes. I think our answer is going to be unanimous. Yeah, yeah I think for it's, sure. I think it's in there. I think I honestly think I see it every time I walk by. It's actually not. I did check this week. <laughs> it's a little bit too old, unfortunately, but I'm sure it was a denizen of many a junk drawer for the decade after. I'm sure I could pull a copy of it somewhere as a coaster that's been used as a coaster. Yes, it definitely belongs in the junk drawer. I think you know, giving context for my answer of why it's you know yes on top of it, just obviously being yes. I think, first of all, if you watch Con Air unironically, you'll like this movie, and that's a telltale sign that it belongs in the junk drawer. But also, Bryce made this comment earlier about this being based from a TV series, and it was a TV series that didn't do very well. Um, <laughs> I, and that, that. I feel like that is like the recipe for a junk drawer movie, is to make a movie based off a TV series that didn't do that well, and in the movie, still pay so much tribute <laughs> to that series. Like, all the characters' names are the same from the series, they like, you know, show you footage this? from the previous show. It's like, I don't know who the audience is who's going into the movie theater to see SWAT the movie going, oh my gosh, y'all remember SWAT the show? I can't wait to see SWAT the movie based off SWAT summers. the show. They should make a movie, a bad TV show that no one watched. They should do Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, the movie. Maybe, <laughs> maybe get Ryan Reynolds back. <laughs> All right. So uh, with that, we are going to wrap it up. But before we do, we want to be a little bit more formal and professional. So... If you have any questions for us or a movie recommendation that maybe you think we'll never consider, uh, but it's in your junk drawer, you can email us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com uh, and we'll check that and we'll get any of your recommendations. Or you can hit us up on Twitter because we, we have, have a Twitter, Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, the only person that follows uh. it is my mom, but that's okay. It is <laughs> at junk underscore drawer underscore pod. So again, at junk underscore drawer underscore pod on Twitter or askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com and you can send us your recs that way. And Or if you see me, just tell me in person. Or, or, that, or that. Don't recommend SWAT again, though. <laughs> yeah. When a movie has Linkin Park as one of the major carriers of the oh, soundtrack, yes. you know it's probably in the junk Is it Linkin Park that sings yep. the SWAT cover? Yep. No. no. No, no, no. That uh, is... Uh, that's bad. Yeah, it's bad and it's by this band that has done only one song I recognize the called Just thing. Because, which is the SWAT theme song. Named Jane's Addiction, so go oh, listen I, to no, Jane's I've Addiction. Them. I've heard them. Yeah, yeah. I, I know very little of them. They're addicted to SWAT. Yeah. So if you also like to hear us discuss movie music, we could do that as well. But uh, we are signing off, and we will be back with you with Cole's pick for next week. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, 
then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.